Welcome to Vision Insights, a podcast series produced by Miami Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. My name is Cameron Sisser, and I'm proud to host the third episode of this podcast series. Cortical visual impairment, or CVI, is the number one cause of pediatric visual impairments in the developed world. What distinguishes CVI from most other issues related to sight is that CVI results from damage to the brain and not the eyes. Another distinguishing characteristic is that CVI can be treated through medical and educational intervention. Yet too often, CVI is misdiagnosed, causing too many children to miss opportunities to regain all or part of their vision. On this episode, we will learn more about CVI. I'm joined by Dr. Luxmi Harry Heron, a pediatric ophthalmologist within the Division of Pediatric Ophthalmology at Nicholas Children's Hospital, Katarina Sastry, a parent with a child with CVI, and board director at Miami Lighthouse for the Blind, and Francesca Crozier Fitzgerald. She is director of the Virginia A. Jacko Cortical Visual Impairment Collaborative Center at Miami Lighthouse. Everyone joining me today has extensive experience in responding to this condition. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Let's begin with the basics. Dr. Harry Heron, what is cortical visual impairment? How prevalent is it? And have you seen an increase of children with CVI in your practice? Well, thank you, Cameron. Um, during your introduction, you gave um, some, a, a wonderful description of CVI, and it's termed as cortical visual impairment, but it's also we also see it as cerebral visual impairment, and basically, it's decreased visual response, but not from something from something based in the brain, from something neurological versus something from the eye system. And it's a failure in the communication between the brain and the visual system. So the integration and the processing between the brain and the visual pathway is what um, what we see in CVI. And as you stated, Cameron, it is the number one cause of bilateral visual impairment in the developed world. And it's increasing in numbers because mostly because we're seeing um, the the more uh, the development of our neonatal systems and premature babies are living longer. And so that's where we're seeing it um, more. Of, and at 30% of children with bilateral visual impairment, um, we know is caused by CVI. And one other interesting fact is it used to be called cortical blindness, but we now know that that is not um, a term that we use as providers because blindness is not what we see with cortical visual impairment. It is that in children especially, it is actually impairment that there is a spectrum and that's possible to develop vision because of the neuroplasticity of the brain. So why do you think CVI is so frequently misdiagnosed or undiagnosed? Well, partly because of the complexity. Like I said, it's because of the communication between the brain and the visual system. And oftentimes these children have completely normal ocular structures and their visual disturbance is not is not found from something in the visual pathway per se. And so one of the causes, the causes that we see, um, the most common cause is hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, um, which is decreased oxygen or blood supply to the brain, traumatic brain injuries, uh, neonatal hypoglycemia or infections around the pre-birth to birth era, 
time period. So during it's during this time period that we see these children that manifest this. Um, other causes uh, can include premature or risk factors include prematurity, twin pregnancy, and it's often associated with diseases in, such as cerebral palsy and developmental delay. So it's this complexity of disorders that don't make it a clear cut diagnosis and it it needs a, multi, a multidisciplinary team for that diagnosis. Would you say there's any telltale symptoms or things that parents should look for? Sure. So some of these things that we notice, a lot of parents come into the clinic saying that they notice that their child does not look at them at their face. They avoid eye contact. They have an abnormal light response, avoidant of social gazes. Also, they often have difficulty uh, fixating on static or sedentary objects, but if they're moving, they prefer that. Um, They might have fatigue with visual tasks. And some elicit better uh, color, they might see colors better than black and white stimuli. But most of the parents that I've seen with children with CVI come in saying that they've noticed that their child really isn't able to interact um, with, with, with themselves with their faces and others uh, as they as other kids in this in this age group. Katerina, as a parent with a child with CVI, tell us about your story and the difficult road you took to learn more about your son Lorenzo's diagnosis of CVI. So when Lorenzo was three months old, I was told by an ophthalmologist at the children's hospital that he had CVI. And when I asked about the degree or severity on a scale of one to 10. The doctor told me there was no way to assess uh, that. It's like being pregnant or you're not. Basically, he told me there was nothing I could do about it. And so I felt really despaired and um, basically incomplete with the information I received and I needed to seek other options. This is when I was uh, told about the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind and Lorenzo began in the visually impaired and baby's blind program in the preschool and I started seeing that there were so many options for him and he was doing so much better and then I was introduced to Dr. Hari Haran who helped assess his level of vision and Francesca at the Lighthouse did an assessment of his level of CVI on a scale of 1 to 10 and that's when he began receiving the services that he needed and he was learning to see better Had I not been introduced to the Miami Lighthouse, I would still think there was nothing I could do to help my son to help him see better and improve. Thank you for sharing your personal story with us, Katerina. Francesca, tell us about the importance of early diagnosis and intervention and how the CVI Collaborative Center at Miami Lighthouse is addressing this. Sure. So we are really lucky, fortunate to be on this side of research where uh, neuroplasticity is proving that with early diagnosis and with those proper uh, interventions, that children with CVI and their functional vision is expected to improve. Um, So as early as we can assess the child, the way they're using their vision throughout the day, the way they're navigating their space or their home environment, the way that they're able to or unable to access their classroom materials or access social situations. The earlier we can 
assess the child um, using the CVI range and looking at those 10 characteristics and their impact on functional vision, the earlier we're able to intervene and design a plan for that child so that they are able to best access their world. So with the CVI Collaborative Center, when we were fortunate also to have strong relationships and partnerships with medical professionals in this area, like Dr. Harry Harron and others also at Baskin Palmer Eye Institute, and having that relationship where they're able to refer the child, refer the family to our CVI-specific services here, which you know allow that early intervention to occur. Francesca, you recently were at a CVI seminar on the West Coast. Tell us about that experience. A summer, it was called a Summer Institute. Um, it was at the Bridge School in Hillsborough, California, near San Mateo. Um, and they are focusing specifically on children with cortical visual impairment who also have complex communication needs. And it was really a joining of just some really brilliant minds in the field, speech and language pathologists, uh, teachers of the visually impaired, parents. Um, There were 10 families with their children with that diagnosis and just really fascinating on-site assessment and intervention planning. I was grateful to go. You're really leading the way in in this endeavor. We, We are very proud of you. Dr. Harry Heron, who is the best medical professional to examine a child who may have CVI? So it's actually a team and not just one medical professional. And I think that is what the the importance of the CVI collaborative really highlights. Um, It's first of its kind in South Florida. And the importance is it's not just starting with the pediatrician, pediatrician or neonatologist. Often these children are born premature can be a pediatric neurologist or a specialist of the brain or and a pediatric ophthalmologist. In addition to a whole support system of rehab specialists, vision, low vision specialists, and teachers and parents. And so it is a diagnosis that takes all of us together to do this. Not only is it a complex diagnosis, but it also requires a complex treatment that's interdisciplinary. Yeah, thank you for correcting me. It, it's very intriguing to know that all these different professions come together to make that diagnosis. Francesca, once a child with CVI has received a proper functional vision assessment, what steps are put into place to ensure that that child's visual access needs are being met? Sure. So um, we provide the functional vision assessment here at the Miami Lighthouse or in the home, which is specific to um, CVI and those 10 characteristics. The assessment, the CVI range by Dr. Roman Lancy, or designed by Dr. Roman Lancy, looks at the impact of those characteristics on the child's functional vision. Um, So that's really the first um, service or step in our collaborative to find out where that child is right now or when we first meet them on the range so that we can really more comprehensively and strategically design their interventions. Those may be um, regarding instructional strategies for their team, either here at the Lighthouse or in their uh, neighborhood school, 
or uh, designing and making recommendations for the way the environment can be modified so that that child can visually access the parts, all the parts of their day. And so assessment, educational planning and intervention, we do provide professional development opportunities for teams, for that entire interprofessional team and collaboration. If there's questions about you know, how that child is using their vision in the school or in a specific class, how they're accessing their literacy curriculum. And we also are creating really meaningful partnerships, as I said before, with medical professionals here in the area and uh, looking at potential research opportunities for the future. Thanks for sharing that. Katharina, tell me about Lorenzo, the intervention and learning experience he has received at Miami Lighthouse's CVI Collaborative Center and the improvements you have seen in his development. Lorenzo's improvement have been really incredible. He began learning uh, Braille at age four, but it was after Francesca's CVI assessment range test that determined that he needed to learn large print, and he's now reading at grade level in large print. So he's so good at advocating for his needs, and he's become very self-sufficient. He feels independent. He's learned to navigate his environment And the Lighthouse has done so much for his development. He graduated second grade, and he'll be going to his homeschool next year, entering third grade in a general education classroom. He's made incredible improvements. Katerina, recently he addressed the Miami Lighthouse Board of Directors. Tell us how proud you were about that moment. I was so proud. He actually... Uh, made a presentation and it was amazing because he actually wrote the presentation himself on his iPad and then he read it in large print, you know, with his cues and he did great. He he was so confident and he he really did such a great presentation. He's definitely our poster child for the CVI Collaborative Center for sure. Yes. Um, Francesca, can you talk about uh, Lorenzo and other children that have come through our CVI Collaborative and their experience at Miami Lighthouse? Sure. So Lorenzo and all of the children that we serve um, under the Lighthouse Umbrella in the Blind Babies Program at the Lighthouse Academy, in the Bright Beacons or School Age Program, and beyond in the Transition Program, Every child with a visual impairment or with CVI or without a visual impairment is an individual. So I think that, you know, it's really key to provide that individual assessment and then design unique individual interventions per child by their needs. Um, And so some children like Lorenzo um, were demonstrating that he was accessing print and discriminating letters and putting letters together to make words and required modifications to his literacy curriculum that were specific to him. Things like spacing between words and lines presented on a tablet or iPad. Backlighting is very critical and very useful um, for our children with critical visual impairment. And so, um, you know, that was a 
modification that he uses and will continue to use throughout his his um, educational career. Other children in our academy may require a multi-sensory approach where you know maybe they're not yet able to use their vision throughout the entire academic day, but there are other supportive ways of learning like auditory or tactual learning that can support that child when they're not able to use their vision. So, you know, really, I think that when we provide that initial assessment, which looks at functional vision and also their best learning media, our goal is to consider the whole child and what they are able to do at that point and where um, we can intervene. Um, And it's also, you know, I'm a teacher of the visually impaired as well, and we follow the expanded core curriculum, which looks at things like social skill building. And we really try and aim to address all of those aspects of the day. Um, So children with cortical visual impairment or without can access those parts of being a kid, parts of interacting with their peers and of feeling success and progress in their school day. Thank you, Francesca. I want to open up my final question to everyone. We'll start with Dr. Harry Heron, but I want to get everybody's input on this. How does everyone see the future in treatment and education for children that have CVI? I I also wanted to just say that I'm very proud of Lorenzo as well as his ophthalmologist. And so it's a a collaborative effort here. (laughs) It's wonderful that he was a board. Um, So, so, you know, the future of CVI is actually very exciting. And with our, this collaborative center as this inaugural collaborative, collaborative center, the first of its kind in South Florida, it's a very good example of where uh, the future is going at this approach. That's not just, you know, pediatric ophthalmologists at the table or neurologists at the table, but it's everybody that you see on this podcast, but um, extending to uh, educators, parents, uh, diff- you know, all of us together kind of coming up with these solutions. And I think that's what's key because what we have discussed is it's not, there's not a clear cut prognosis for these children. It takes an early di- diagnosis and continual interventions with this collaborative team. And so uh, we are very excited that we are launching it here in South Florida with this uh to help the children here, but it hope, we hope that it serves as a model that other communities can use, not only across the U.S., but in the world. And also the National Eye Institute is funding a lot of new novel areas around CVI in virtual reality tools, looking at how scientists can do brain imaging to understand how children with CVI process vision compared to children that have actual vision disorders and how they process process vision. And also there's new methods to test vision in infants and young children. And so all of these combined are used as tools to help improve vision rehabilitation in children uh, with CVI. So we're very excited. It's a time of hope. The future looks bright, Dr. Harry Heron, that's for sure. Yes. Katharina, share, share uh, you just said, Lorenzo, we're so proud of him. He graduated second and going into third grade. What do you see the future for Lorenzo like? 
I I think it's uh, also very um, promising and exciting with all the advancements that have been made with CVI. Um, it used to be like unknown and undiagnosed. And now it's because of the um, assessments and the different trainings that he has access to. I can see like a bright future ahead of him, especially with all the accommodations like large print and uh, technology-driven solutions that exist now and are continuing to advance. So I think it's very exciting and promising. Yes, I agree, Katerina. I think that it's a time where, you know, Dr. Hari Haran, you mentioned the collaborative, the collaboration happening across teams um, with doctors, starting with doctors, um, with educators, with service providers, with parents. It's a time where I think everyone is not only learning more, but excited to learn more because once you see the impact that it makes, you know, we get to see, I feel fortunate, I get to see that impact every day in the classroom. And I think our team of TVIs would agree that, you know, once you see that impact and children accessing their world and their education, you know, it's, it's an immediate buy-in. Um, this is something that's going to change the children's life and their educational career. So I'm just fortunate to be here and working with the great teams that we have. Well, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Dr. Looks Me, Harry Heron, Katarina Sastry, and Francesca Crozier-Fitzgerald for joining me on this very intriguing and informative episode of Vision Insights. I invite listeners to join me for future episodes when leading medical professionals, educators, and other experts will explore a wide array of topics of importance to the blind, the visually impaired, and their families. You are listening to Vision Insights, a podcast series produced by Miami Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. My name is Cameron Sisser. I welcome your questions, comments, and suggestions about this podcast series by contacting me at C-S-I-S-S-E-R at MiamiLighthouse.org. You can also follow us on social media by searching on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter for Miami Lighthouse. Vision Insights is brought to you by LighthouseShop.org. Do you or do you know someone suffering from vision loss? Visit LighthouseShop.org for all your low vision needs, from magnifying glasses to solar shields to talking watches. LighthouseShop.org is there for you.